the introduction to every episode. <laughs> Just one, two, three, clap. Ow. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like that. I'm gonna move my teeth for a second. So noise, noise, noise. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm Anne. Uh, I'm Sky, and this is Tailcoats. And Tiaras. I was not expecting us to say our names. That was very interesting. I I knew we forgot last time, so I started just now. Yeah. Also, you know what I noticed? There's a slight delay because we're doing this over Skype. There's a slight delay, so I usually say Antiara's like immediately after you say Tailcoats, but in the actual podcast, there's a bit of a delay, so it sounds like you're saying Tailcoats, and I'm like, like oh, oh, Antiara's, Antiara's. <laughs> so if anyone's wondering... That's not actually what's happening. I'm I'm pretty prompt, but you just I should like I could probably edit it to make it do that, but also I'm I'm kind of lazy and it it works fine as it is. So maybe I'll just try to when you start saying welcome to tip, I'll just start right away. Yeah, we we could practice that. We could see if that like actually works or if you end up overlapping me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, or I could just edit it, which actually seems easier at this point. We'll see what happens. If I'm if I start over talking over Sky, y- you'll know why. I guess. Yep. Okay. So, do you want to tell us about this movie if you do, do you like the movie? Okay, okay, okay. Just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh so for for some background here, guys, we are talking about Mirror Mirror today, and I watched this movie on a limb because I saw a pretty costume in the main picture, and I was like, okay, yes. well, I have to know what's going on here, and also, it sounds like Snow White, and I love Snow White, so yes, I watched this movie, and... The first time I watched it, I was I was a little confused. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't understand exactly what's happening here because it's kind of Snow White, but at the same time, it's so incredibly different that nothing makes sense. It's hashtag woke Snow White. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Well... But the costumes were so weird and beautiful and unique and nothing like I'd ever seen before. So I text Anne and I was like, you have to watch this movie for the costumes. And, and then I say, should we do this for our next podcast? <laughs> and... My head didn't even process that, oh yeah, we could do this movie with awesome costumes for a podcast about costumes. About costumes. <laughs> uh, that was my mind being blown, in case anyone I- I couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's how we ended up watching this movie for our podcast. Yeah, I, uh, the beginning was okay. Then the dwarves came in, and I was like, this is so stupid. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. The dwarves were so dumb. I hated it. I, I didn't hate the entire movie, but I hated a lot of it because the dwarves were <laughs> Okay. Now I But I like the costumes are gorgeous. I do have to mention there are actually a fair amount of articles about the dwarves in this film. Uh and I didn't go into great detail reading about it because that's not what our podcast is about but uh one of the actors was actually very happy that there was a film where basically little people could act in it and not be considered well not be robots like they actually got to be characters and the role that they were playing was important to the script which is really exciting um, uh, but, I, I don't know, they, like, I feel like they, they definitely could have been funny, but it sounded like the writers, and this is not the fault of the actors, obviously, but the writing was just really bad. It was like, I see you think that's funny, but it's just dumb. So, I mean, yeah, there's having a bunch of different characters and not being robots, but then there's also, like, you know... Those characters actually have to be, you know, quality. Too. Yeah, the the writing was not great. I just want to make it clear <laughs> that you're talking about oh, the yeah. writing. <laughs> yes, though, I don't, yes, I'm talking about the writing. And I don't know, I might get flack for this. So, I, and I, I don't, I haven't done, you know, this, this is just me saying things without, but I feel like in the, Originally, like the Disney movie, the dwarves had way more personality. And oh, maybe yeah. that's just because literally they were kind of one note, to be fair. They were like happy, sneezy, sleepy, whatever. So, I mean, yeah, that's not great. But they definitely had more individuality, I feel like. No, no, they, they did. That is 100% accurate. But... We didn't watch but this anyway. movie for the story. We watched it for the costumes. We did not. Thank <laughs> goodness. Yes, <laughs> I very explicitly was like, the story is not good. <laughs> yeah. But the costumes. <laughs> so. Beautiful. Let's get into the costumes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, the costume designer for this movie was... Iko Ishiaka. I'm going to try that again. Mm -hmm. Iko Ishiaka. Uh, and I also noted her assistant costume designer because most movies, they never mention the assistant costume designer. If you're going to talk about interviews and or when you look at interviews and all of that. But this one, they actually interviewed the assistant costume de designer, which is really exciting because they do That's a lot of That's really work. cool. Yeah. Uh, so the assistant costume designer was Martine Gagnon. Gagnon? I don't know how to say it, but she seems very cool and smart and I'm so happy for her. Um, a note about Ishioka. Ishioka actually Fairly recently passed away uh, after, oh. actually, I don't even think the movie got out to theaters before she passed away. So this is her very last production, which wow. is really sad. And 
Yeah, I'm kind of bummed because her work was beautiful. She has been working with, or had been working with this director for a long time, and he said that if you want a movie to be real, and, like, yeah, to be real, to be authentic and beautiful, this is the costume designer you wanted. Like, there was no one better than her, in his opinion. That's, that's really, and I, I can see why. She did a beautiful job. Oh, yes. Every single costume in there, you could see the time and effort that was put into it. And it is so beautiful. So, the, the basic concept for this production was hybrid classic and the styles could be pulled from the 16th to 19th century, which is a very big time frame for our friend Anne <laughs> yeah, to work Sky- with. Sky's <laughs> <clears throat> like, so do you want to know like what time period they had in mind? I'm thinking she's like, or he, sorry. I'm thinking that Sky's going to give me a decade and I'm going to be like, well, this is accurate to this decade. This isn't, but no, I was like, oh, okay, well that's, I, I, would, I don't know if I would even call that a time period. It's a span of years. <laughs> yeah, time but period. I can't argue it. <laughs> I, I didn't want to spoil it by saying time periods. So I was just like, yeah. time frame. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I probably could have figured that out. But thank you for confirming. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I didn't even know that, yeah. Yeah, that, that's one of the fun things about fantasy films, as we've talked about before with The Nutcracker, is that you yeah. have a much larger time span that you can work with, and you really get to put in a lot of creative concepts with them, which makes them fun to look at. Uh, well, right, and, you know, unlike The Nutcracker, which had a sort of implied time period for at least the, the real-life portion of it, this entire movie is all fantasy so it's just everywhere yeah and it's amazing okay i'm gonna stop fanboying and try to (laughs) tell my stuff (laughs) so all the costumes for this production were made specifically for the production nothing was just bought off the rack i emphasize the just because they did do alterations So, like, Mm -hmm. there are some things that they bought and they altered, but they don't look like they did when you get them on the rack, which is why it's not considered off the rack. Does that make sense? Yes. Because they're changing them. Okay. Um, This production consisted of over 400 costumes built for the film specifically, and 600 costumes that were altered to fit the production's needs. Just just take that in. There's over a thousand costumes. Yeah, no wonder the assistant had a lot to do. I know, right? That's insane. And actually, I'll talk about the Queen's costumes a little bit later, but when um when I was looking at stuff about the Queen's costumes, the information I got was mostly from the assistant. Which was cool. So I have a feeling that she was probably in charge of designing the queen's clothes. 
I mean, yeah, like, I feel like the queen needs her own designer just as her own. (laughs) And a lot of the time, that's what the assistants will do. There'll be a costume designer who has a basic concept, and there'll be a few characters that they're like, all right, I've got a lot going on here. How about you come up with some ideas for this character and then come talk to me? Which is why they're an assistant designer, not just a costume assistant. That's... A lot of work. I'm doing a lot of hand gestures that no one can see, so I don't know why I'm bothering to do them. (laughs) I don't know. Emphasis. You can probably hear it in your tone. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you can see me just pointing at the computer like, I mean, you should know how cool this is. (laughs) I mean, I know you, so therefore I can always picture you doing what you do (laughs) For for the sake of everyone listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we should... Never mind. I don't know how to animate. I was like, we should make an animated skit so people know what we move like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll have way more editing to do and die because that, <laughs> no thank you. Yeah, no, I, I suck at digital art, so that's not gonna happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Super exciting. Little fun fact here. Uh, so yes. costume designers do their sketches in all different kinds of ways. Some people do uh, water painting, some do oil, some just sketch it out on a piece of paper, some use tracing paper, which is what I do because I like to be able to go over it over and over and over and over again until they get exactly what I want. Um, and some do digital design. Some people also just like make tiny examples which is probably the coolest but this specific artist did both sketches and some digital design work and it was so amazing to look at i suck at digital design i can't wrap my head around it so whenever someone like actually does a good job with a digital design piece my head is just blown yeah i bet yeah it's Speaking of, well, this is off topic. I'll, I'll tell you maybe more later. It, it's about okay. Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Design, so, yeah. <laughs> I hate that thing. I mean, I love the game, but I suck at the designs. <laughs> um, well, all, I'll tell you, all I'll tell you is this. I For a brief split second, I was like, you know what I should do? I should make Animal Crossing, you know, versions of one of the costumes from each of these movies that we talk about and put them on the Instagram. And then... You know, a second later, I was like, Anne, that's stupid. You have a life. Don't don't take up so much time to do that kind of thing. Because you do this thing, you commit yourself to a project, and you regret it. So, Okay, so I actually had a very similar idea. Oh, boy. Where I would design the costumes, and then we could put them on Instagram. But I was also thinking that we'd give people the code so they could download them. I was gonna say, yeah. And then I was like, uh, that would be super awesome, Sky. I was specifically thinking we'd make, or I'd make our favorite costumes. Yes. But then I was like, I don't think that you could do that. Maybe some other time. (laughs) I bet Matt, the funniest thing is my husband, Matt, is better at designing clothes on Animal Crossing and has designed them for us because we were not skilled enough to do it ourselves. Yeah, no. Anne's husband is, like, 
amazing. He's a freaking god. I know he made like Princess Anna's dress from Frozen. He made Rapunzel. He made like, a lot of Disney princess dresses. I'm trying to make a dress that's going interestingly. But anyway, back to <laughs> the topic. I have figured out how to make lace, so I'm going to show you that at some point. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Where the fuck was I? Sorry, that was all on me. That's okay. Uh, yeah, they made 1,000 costumes. I think that's where I was. Um, <laughs> in order to make such a large scale of costumes, they split up the costumes between four costume shops in New York and Ishioka's shop in Montreal. Uh, the cool thing about the Montreal shop is that they actually had local costumers come in and work on the pieces, which Ooh. Would, that would be so exciting. Just like these people yes. in your hometown coming in, working on your show. And not only is it like a cool thing just because it's local, but also people who don't have the experience necessary to go into big-time film design, kind of get a little nudge in and get a little taste of what it's like to be there from this, which is... Yeah, resume stuff. Yeah, that that's a dream come true, even if it's not for a resume. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. looking at a film and going, I made that. Like, when I'm sitting in the theater watching one of my shows, I'm like... I made that. My first show that I was assist an assistant costume designer on, I'd, like, embroidered this mask for a character. It took me ten hours, and I just Ugh. sat in the audience. She literally wears this mask for, like, two minutes. And I sat in the audience, and I saw her wearing that mask, and I was like, that's my work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I could have sharpied it, but I decided that sharpie looked stupid. <laughs> and that is what makes you good at what you do. Yep. Insanity to continue frock doing flicks more work could... than necessary. <laughs> yeah, frock would not have a reason to make fun of you, because they would have noticed the sharpie, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I would notice sharpie. <laughs> yeah. Is it very... Big. I'm trying to convince one of my friends to let me embroider one of his cosplays because he wants to put Sharpie instead of embroidery. And I'm like, I know it's a lot of work, man, but I will do it so for basically, you. <laughs> basically, if I tell you I'm going to do something in Sharpie, that'll get you to do embroidery for me so I don't have to do it myself. I mean, there's a possibility. I also really <laughs> like the character that he's working on. Ah, and you're and, like, do not butcher this. Yeah, I'm like, you gotta do it right, man. So, mm. you do have to pay for shipping, because I'm not shipping shit to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have another friend in Canada? Oh, wait, that's me. Never mind. <laughs> that was, that was Oh, you're so No, cute. I should learn how to embroider anyway. You should. I will totally teach you if you want. It's a blast. Yes. It's like oh, I want to learn specifically thing. to... Sorry? I was just saying it's my favorite thing. <laughs> oh, well, I, I want to learn how to do it, like, specific to... Because I know different eras had different techniques, and because I'm a nerd, I want to be like, I'm doing 18th century 
Well, I don't know why I had the Scarlet O'Hara accent for a second. That was weird. <laughs> I'm doing 18th century embroidery. Oh, Sorry. God, um, no. On for 18th century projects. And then for 19th century, I could be like, oh, I'm doing 19th century embroidery. I don't. What What were you saying? Was that just terrible? <laughs> don't do the Scarlet O'Hare voice. It's so gross sounding. I know. It's, it's awful. It always makes me want to punch someone. <laughs> I didn't even do it on purpose like that first time. I was like, whoa, where, oh, hello, Scarlet. What word did you? Hi, <laughs> uh, didn't invite you. Okay. Back to Sky. Right. <laughs> yes. We're getting very distracted today and we have a time limit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to skip your plans. Where I want to aim to end at one. Okay. But if it's a little over, that's fine. I have a now extremely awkward uh, (laughs) quote insert because none of my connection points exist anymore. What is that called? My fault. Sorry. When you, when you. Segways? Thank you. None of my segways exist anymore. (laughs) So Elizabeth Sneed from The Hollywood Reporter said, And I quote, The size of the gowns alone is staggering. The Evil Queen and Snow White's gowns measure from 5 feet 8 inches to 6 feet in circumference, handmade from 25 to 35 yards of fabric, with huge wire cages and corsets underneath. The Queen's piece... Sorry. The Queen's piece of the resistance... Wedding dress, wedding gown weighed a toppling 60 pounds with and was eight feet in diameter. I'm sorry, my French is so shitty, but that's fine. A 60 pound dress. Do you own any 60 pound dresses, Anne? Because, like, I don't think I'd want to walk around in that. That's so heavy. Well, I mean, I guess if I'm going to get technical about it, I suppose, and I don't, this is just a theory, maybe the, the like, uh, boning, the corsetry is a way, like, has a support of the skirt so that, like, this, you're not carrying the skirt with your weight, mm. it's, like, part of, it's supported in a way, is my guess, but either way, that's, that's insane. Yeah. I mean... The Phantom of the Opera dress that wasn't actually supposed to be Phantom of the Opera, but you told the Phantom that I was this freaking creepy ass bride. What's what? her name? What? What's the girl's what are name you talking in Phantom? About? I'll get Christine? there. But what's the girl's name in Phantom? Christine. Okay, thanks. My no, Christine that funny, dress okay. that I wore to the Dickens Fair weighed like at least forty pounds. Yikes. But I was freaking exhausted at the end of the day from walking in that. Like, I could feel the weight on my body. (laughs) I cannot imagine wearing a 60-pound dress. Ever. Gotta have those support garments, I guess. I don't know. A strong hoop that does the work for you, maybe? I, that's, I've never done Well, they are wearing wire cages, which... yeah aerodynamics that that should take away the weight 
<laughs> should make it feel yeah, like I, less. But yeah, I don't know. It just it feels it feels so crazy to me. On the other hand, the thirty or twenty five to thirty five yards of fabric to make the dresses. That's normal. <laughs> this uh, this style of dress normally would take around there. I actually had a beautiful, like, gothic Victorian. Or was it Renaissance? I don't know. But I had a beautiful gothic ball gown that I was going to make. And I had to buy, I think it was like 10 yards for the skirt alone. And then I was a making dream. a bustle, and then I was making a bodice, and it's a lot of fabric. <laughs> I am just silk. <laughs> yeah, well, and especially, what? especially if you can't go with sorry. I what did you say? Oh, just that much fabric is part like a dream to have, but also like, oh my gosh, can you imagine how much that costs? Oh yeah, no, I know how much it costs. It's way too much. Well, yes. <laughs> Well, and of course, if and if you're like me and you want to try to go for historical accuracy, you can't use anything like polyester. Also, polyester is not great for the environment. So, you know, try and doing that with like say silk. That's that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, there's no, no way. My dress was black silk. It was a uh, Christmas and birthday present, and next Christmas and next birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was like. You know, I, I've definitely, like, gone through my head. I'm like, how many birthday and Christmases would I need to get this for free? Yeah. No. When I was thinking it's about a lot. it. <laughs> uh, luckily, I also got it, like, 60% off. So, it was okay. Oh, thank goodness. But. Yeah. Back to Ishioka. Uh, Ishioka prioritized building character, and I note, as she fucking should. That's yes. literally in my notes. Because <laughs> what's the point of having a costume designer if they don't get the character right? Exactly. Simple as that. Anyone can put clothes on someone. But yeah. if you can't analyze the character and put it together and show the characteristics through the clothing, you're not you're not gonna get what you need out of the clothing. Right. Um the producer Bernie Goldman stated that she was an amazing help in enabling the production to show both the physical and psychological arcs of each individual character. That is not a direct quote. I made it sound better. I use smarter <laughs> words. Uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say something like that. How much that alcohol did you have before this? <laughs> uh, no. He he was actually very sweet and endearing. Okay. I just used psychological instead of some other word that he used that I was like, let me tell you what she's really doing here. Um, <laughs> but for the characters, we can see this psychological arc uh, changing throughout the movie for Snow in particular. We see it for all the characters, but like the emphasis is on Snow, obviously. 
Um, Snow's first dress is elegant and youthful. Ishioka embroidered hummingbirds, butterflies, and flowers onto the dress in order to show her nature to connection, which is the note that she Connection to nature? Yes, thank you. I can't <laughs> read. Uh- <laughs> nature to connection. <laughs> I'll just start that sentence over again. No, I like it. Okay. <laughs> Her connection to nature. Uh, this is why Sky should just be yes and not write things. <laughs> yes. Ishioka's note from the director was that Snow is connected to nature. And that's that was her only note. So, in order to get that done, she looked at things in nature and made a shit ton of beautiful embroidery on this Freaking gorgeous ball gown. Anyway. Um, her white ball gown that she wears to the costume party has a lower neckline with swan wings. The wings were meant to be a symbol of Snow's desire for freedom from the queen. Although it definitely hinted more at her entrapment by the queen for me. Because the swan on her head looks kind of like the swan from Swan Lake. And that swan is definitely not free. So. Which kind of also gets at what she's trying to go for. But I just thought of Swan Lake. Snow's fighting outfit was assembled by Napoleon, and his style definitely comes through in the design. The most obvious sign being the detailing on the corset. Um, yeah, it, it looks similar to the detailing on his costume, and you can see the bit of sass in that costume as well. This costume really shows her strength and her ability to sort of go against what the world thinks about her and express herself. Also kind of Napoleon, but (laughs) (laughs) just generally jump outside of the bubble that has been made for her by the queen and the people uh, of the town who are under the influence that she's a little loony. Um, yeah. Snow's wedding dress was intended to look like a present for the prince and the audience, which explains the ridiculously large bow. I have mixed feelings about this bow, because Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of cool that there's just, like, this huge bow. Like, that would be my dream if I was a little girl. But also, the the way that they did the bumps on the back where the bow is supposed to tie, it's just, it's a little off, and it bugs me, and I, I want it to look like a bow is actually supposed to look when it's tied. I feel like it would look a million times better that way. I, I can't say I noticed that to be honest but i'm not the designer 
Yeah. That, that's I was also... more just like, giant bow! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It. I just, maybe it's because I, die, I tr- tie so many bows that I'm like, constantly, I am constantly trying to make the perfect knot. And so I looked at that and I was like, that is not a bow knot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that bugs me a lot. The bow is really pretty. It's really cool, but the knot is not okay. <laughs> uh, the orange on the dress was originally red, but they changed it at the last minute so that it wouldn't look too much like Disney Snow White. I feel like it probably okay. looked cuter in red. I, I like the yeah. orange because it makes it unique and it makes it stand out, but... I don't think that it was the best color for the sleeves yeah. and the bow. It doesn't look that I would have gone with, with like, like, it's okay. But I think it would look better with red or pink or purple or something more in that range. Pink. I love <laughs> blue and pink together. You like blue and pink? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, me too. It would be very cute with pink. Um, so I want to know why they went with orange. Most of Snow's costumes have both stiff and flowy aspects. They are soft and welcoming, unlike the Queen's. The Queen's costumes have high necks and sharp lines. Aspects of her costumes are almost laid out like armor, which shows her power. A great example of this is her wedding dress. The way that the flower petals are laid out on top of each other, it looks similar to scale mail, or Hmm. just a really pretty white dragon. It is both beautiful and elegant, and built to show her power. Uh, It's also really fitting to have something that looks so similar to armor in this particular scene, Because when she walks into that wedding hall and sees all of the people in their freaking underwear and that (laughs) Snow White has stolen her prince, she really needs a good coat of armor to protect herself. Um, yeah. We can also see aspects similar to armor in, I think it was her first dress, There's little gold loops, sort of, that come off. Yeah. And they overlap each other. I don't remember what exact type of armor it reminds me of, but Hmm. it kind of reminds me of a type of armor. Um, Cool. We also see... Lots of cutouts in her costumes, and she wears a bunch more dresses than Snow does in the film. Like, she's changing her outfits multiple times a day, I think. Um, I didn't actually pay that much attention to what day it was every day. But it looks like she changes her outfit multiple times in one day, which is excessive, and it shows off how much money that she has when her town has none. 
which also shows how incredibly yeah. selfish she is. They actually mm, used yes. <laughs> Swarovski crystals and many of the queen's costumes um, to kind of show her wealth in that way, too. And we see these in her party dress, her costume ball dress, and her wedding dress. And there are probably a few more that I'm not noting. The wedding scene is where hair and makeup design stands out the most. The makeup and hair designer was Felicity Bowring. Uh, I obviously didn't go too in-depth with this because hair and makeup is not my section. Um, although I have done it before, I am not an expert in it. Ishioka and Bowring worked closely to collaborate and ensure that they were using the same color palettes in the makeup and hair that was used in the costumes. So when they actually put together the hair and makeup, I think they like had the costumes around or something. It doesn't state oh, specifically good. Good. anywhere. Thank you. But yeah. So you can actually see in that scene how freaking color coordinated every single person is and those eyeshadows match exactly. And everything is complimenting each other. Which is beautiful. It's very, they did yeah, a it's great job at very colorful. Okay, those are my notes. Okay. Well, you said a lot of, you know, I mean, this is more a you episode than a me episode because with history, you know, there's like a lot of influence. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to comment on accuracy because there is no, it's fantasy. So I'm really just going to point out what I notice and what I think some of the influences are. So to start, Snow's pink and yellow dress, uh, the beautiful, gorgeous one, um, I, you know, with the hummingbirds and the butterflies and the flowers, uh, the embroidery kind of reminds me of 18th century, though, again, I was just talking about I want to do more research on 18th century embroidery to know, you know, like, for sure, like, oh, that technique would have been used or just be an extra big nerd about it. But um, that's, it reminds me a lot of that. But the, the style overall kind of gives me a 17th century feel because of the poofy sleeves and the, um, just the overall, like, silhouette, I guess. Seems more influenced by that. Now, I, I had to talk about the the ship hats, or not hats, hairstyles, I guess, that everyone was wearing during one of the first scenes. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, yeah. Like this, yes. Okay, continue. So that that is based on a fashion that was popular in, I believe, specifically the year 1773-ish. It was a very short uh, trend that was really meant to, like, um, not memorialize, that's not the word, honor, you know, or just represent different, in different actual, like, ships and things, accomplishments, and it was, you know, probably, like, no pun intended, but the height of what people consider, like, the crazy, ridiculous fashion of the 18th century. It's not 
it, it's the most iconic, not necessarily the most prominent, but that's what people think of. I think when they think, you know, Marie Antoinette was very famous for having that, that hairstyle with the ship. So, you know, and people would do other th things other than ships. They would do like, you know, a whole, they'd have like whole bird's nests or like entire little art pieces basically in their hairstyles, which I actually find really cool, but it wasn't like everybody every day did that. Like there's, there's no way <laughs> like Marie Antoinette could have, cause she had, you know, she had all the time, but, um, it, I, and it, there was a lot, I think, you know, like in this movie that, that I liked because this movie is so extreme and kind of over the top that they took stuff that was already over the top, like, you know, from history, they took the most over the top things and used those. So I did like that, that choice to use the sort of almost satirical aspect of fashion history in these scenes. And also they were talking about, you know, ships, I believe in that scene. So that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. the, I don't, I, I don't remember which dwarves are which, to be honest, but I'm going to point out that they had, you know, hats from all different time periods that I can think of. And, you know, sort of like one, I can see there's a bicorn hat, you know, like, uh, it's probably Napoleon actually, because Napoleon had a hat like that. Ah, I just realized now I get it. Okay. There's a top hat. There's a... I was about to say, you know, you know the Napoleon hat. What? I get it now. <laughs> oh, good job, Anne. So You're yeah, adorable. that that answers that question. Um, <laughs> uh, the queen's, uh, the first like yellow dress that she wears. Not first. One of a lot of her yellow dresses kind of look the same to me. But the one when she first goes to talk to the mirror, it's got a lot of what looks like a taffeta, which was very popular in the 18th century. But the, you know, the style of dress, I think, could be any anywhere from, you know, 16th century inspiration to 18th century inspiration. It's it's its, its own unique thing, which is, which of course makes sense. Um, and then the the reflection of the queen who's wearing the, the sort of, you know, creamy white dress with the high collar kind of makes me think of later 18th century uh, round gowns or chemise de la reine, which was the stripped down uh, style that was uh, very popular at the end of the 18th century and eventually led to become the regency style or ampere, whatever you prefer to call it. Uh, I had to talk about the, the prince's, I guess his servant, not servant, his, um, his friend who's, help me out here, his, the one that, that he's tied up with. Uh, I don't know exactly what he was. I kind of thought that he was a servant, but he's just really nice to them. Oh. Okay, I mean, I figured I figured he was like a he was like a staff member, but more like higher up than a servant. Yes, that know. is what I meant, staff member. I just kind of thought they called all their staff yeah. members servants at this time. I maybe I don't know. Um, you can <laughs> see him. His his undergarments are are fun. Uh, he's got these like shoulder pads and these hip, not even hip pads like. 
thigh pad. <laughs> and he's got this uh, corset that looks kind of 19th century with the, uh, but it's under bust. So it's almost like modern-ish. It's, it's interesting. And so I, I didn't really know what to make of it, but I went and looked to see what his outfit looked like with like, you know, when he was actually wearing clothes. And it actually made sense. I thought it would have, I was worried it was just like an aesthetic thing. Like this looks weird and you know, for fun, that's fine. But it actually does go with what he wears later on, which is a pinkish, orange-ish, maybe salmon, I guess, um, suit that looks kind of, uh, I don't know, renaissance -y. And yeah, it's got like, you know, the flat, flouncy pants that would explain Are you talking the about what the queen pads. put him in? Oh, did the queen put him in that? Yeah, the thing with the, like, ruffled collar. Yep. I just realized, yeah, she put him in that. Yeah. But it worked very well. She must have been like, well, I know what works for that foundation. Because <laughs> I was going to say, like, all the, all the stuff he was... Yep. Okay, well, that worked, so good. <laughs> Awkward. You're adorable. So there's a scene... <laughs> Thanks. So there's a scene where the queen is looking at a bunch of her shoes, and you can get a sort of sense of what she's going for. Like, especially the... There's, like, a gold shoe that kind of is... 17th, 18th century inspired, I would say. And all of them kind of are around that, but they're also, they've also got like a quirkiness to them, which is perfect again for the queen. Uh, then later on, when the the two men are being presented to her and she's like, oh, do you have to wear a shirt or whatever? Um, she's got this like uh, crazy sort of like Shakespeare style ruff around her neck, which Again, like, her costumes are just so perfect for her, because they're just so over the top. Uh, yeah, and then to talk about the, the sort of peacock, red peacock costume, I like to call it, the one at the ball that she wears. Peacock oh, makes yeah. absolute sense. That's all I gotta say there. Um, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, and so I do have to mention that, like, Snow's making fun of the prince for having bunny ears in this scene but look at her hat and her wings i mean it's a costume party everybody's dressed stupid <laughs> yeah so i thought that was funny but yeah and uh i loved the swan costume as ridiculous as it was it was, it was super cool it, Just it, it was, was like, gorgeous you know it's so pretty i mean this one is a little bit creepy but <laughs> overall just gorgeous. I don't know. Something looked, it looked too, it looked too previously alive taxidermy, I guess. But I mean, that's not inaccurate, I feel like. So, uh, but yeah, I, lo I love the detail on the, the hem of it, or not the hem, the, like the overdress. You can see kind of like feathery shapes on it. It's, it's just gorgeous. Uh, and to talk about the, crowd, what's his name? The queen's right hand guy. The one that turns, gets turned into a beetle later. Yeah, I didn't care to learn his name either. <laughs> I knew it. I definitely knew it, but I don't remember it. Anyway, 
uh, he's got a lot of, you know, 18th century inspired outfits, like a lot of her staff get the 18th century style. His, you know, his hair especially looks very much inspired by that. Also, the actor voiced Timon in uh, The Lion King, and I learned that halfway through and then couldn't unhear it. So <laughs> then if I close my eyes, I just, I, I kept hearing Timon from The Lion King. So that's fun. I'm really uh, glad I talk did about not why... know that, but his voice sounds <laughs> yeah. familiar. Yes. It was it was fun. Uh, I, I I've got to talk about. So I do like the the sort of uh, bodice, underbust. Uh, I, maybe I guess it is a corset. Um, on Snow White's sort of battle outfit. What I mm-hmm. don't like are the pants that are just they, like, I'm not against like you know wearing you know bat pants make sense in a battle sure, but. Those seem like they would be more, like, cumbersome than just, you know, maybe some of the other outfits she would have tried on. And also, I don't like that style of pants, I'm, I'm going to be honest. But <laughs> I, it just, it was just, like, swishing all over the place. I feel like that would have been distracting, but I don't know. What do you think? The You feel like the pants would have been distracting? Yeah, rather than just, like, more tight-fitting pants. The flowy uh, pants, like, flying all over the place? I don't think they'd be distracting because they've danced and stuff like that. And it's pretty oh, comfortable, okay. actually, and easy to move in. Um, well, then but, I take that back. I still yeah. don't like it, but I take that back. <laughs> I, I felt like they were good because they still kind of give a skirt aesthetic when you mm-hmm. initially look at them, which is good for cooling the eye of the traveler coming by who is Mm -hmm. just going to think of her as a sweet innocent girl who can't harm a fly whereas if she was wearing tighter pants it would give her a more masculine look and based on the time frames here and the fact that we don't see other women in pants it would make her look more rebellious which would give them a hint that something was going on here okay you know what i take back all i said that (laughs) actually makes sense uh i still don't like it but that's on me not on the costumer and it works so you know what i take it all back i still don't like it though (laughs) but that's just a personal preference oh gosh now we're getting to the queen's wedding day i'm just scrolling through these pictures so you see she's got this cage uh (laughs) <laughs> she's got this like thing this winding for the corset which is hilarious actually like a lot of this movie i felt was trying to be funny but that was actually funny i thought yeah uh, i feel like there's got to have been like they, they and i don't i can't confirm this but i feel like there must have been like a satire piece sometime in history that involved that kind of thing you know because it, it just seems like right out of a you know, political cartoon almost, not political, but, you know, something that would have been in a magazine making fun of the fashions of the day. See, I saw that, and my thought was that you were either going to hate it or love it, and I was like, I really hope she loves it. I I both. I both. I I love it because of how much I hate it. Okay, that's, that's good. (laughs) I, I love it because it's, it's so ridiculous. Like, 
you know, it's, it's doing its job. It looks ridiculous and it's working. Oh, another part that I actually did think was funny. The, and this is actually a dwarf thing. So one thing that the dwarves did that made me laugh was the, the lady with the bustle during the wedding. The Do you remember this? The, oh, the bustle. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so she's walking. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I've never heard of any bustles that have worked that way in history. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's attached and there's no risk of it coming off. But it was pretty funny that it came off and the bustle was just like sitting there and it had it followed her. I don't know. I thought that was really funny. And again, another extreme from history. It's like the bustle is going like way out there, like the, the farthest back you could find and that giant hair and the... Oh, it was so ridiculous and awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to... <laughs> and part of me wants to know if the idea behind that was that they just made this bustle and found someone whose dress it matched. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> I don't know. The fabric looks pretty matte. I mean, it looks like they're using some of the same fabric for it, but I really hope that's true because that, that's funnier. Yeah. No. I, that's what I want to believe. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, oh, also just all of the queen's dresses, basically, like, their wide, giant shape kind of remind me of 18th century court dresses, you know, the ones that, that you find absolutely disgusting with the wide panniers mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I've sent you pictures of, like, hey, this is your, this is your most hated dress of all time. Again, great for the extravagance and the character just so if you look up I think Marie Antoinette's wedding dress it was it you'll see it had a giant skirt that kind of looked like that um and I was gonna talk about the king but his costume just looks fitting and there's not really that much I can say about it so never mind uh Snow White's dad I mean it's nice it's a nice costume um, and I want to talk about the prince's wedding outfit. It almost looks kind of Regency-ish inspired because of the, you know, decoration, the braiding, the, it looks like, you know, military, if you will. And yeah, so lastly, Snow White's final present dress. Um, I think it's got, you know, the sleeves kind of seem renaissance ish inspired but overall I get more of a you know Victorian vibe than anything other than the hair the hair just looks like straight out of breakfast at Tiffany's um but that's fine oh my god it so does (laughs) right um I haven't even seen that movie but I know I know the look uh but yeah the dress itself like especially the skirt reminds me more really of uh, 19th century, you know, Victorian, Queen Victoria type look, if you take away the bow and the orange-ness, which I personally would. I don't really like the, I don't, if I were to wear it, I would wear it without the bow and the orange, but yeah. So, uh, that's, that's what I've got. All right. This was more successful than I had expected. Really? Yep. Oh, uh, sources, right. Um, Oh, shit, yeah. And favorites. So, 
my sources, I didn't have that many because most of it was just my brain and memories from knowing historical stuff. But, <laughs> oh, you know what? I don't think I even put new sources on that. I just realized because my source was basically the movie and, and knowledge in my brain that I don't remember where I got it from. Hey, we switched sides. Google this Images, is I guess. exciting. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so this was actually a really exciting film to work on for me because people gave a shit, mostly because the design <gasps> But people gave a shit. So I have three sources before I found too much information and stopped doing research. Uh, aside from the movie, <laughs> I... I'm just going to read them. <laughs> okay, the first one is designer Ikioka Ish... What? Designer <laughs> Iko Ishioka's Mirror Mirror costumes are, spectac are a spectacular finale to her career by Elizabeth Sneed from The Hollywood Reporter. She is a fantastic writer, and you should look up her work. That is both for Anne and everyone listening. Uh, I hate this? reading, so that's a really big compliment. <laughs> uh, it was Elizabeth Sneed? Uh, yeah, Elizabeth Sneed. S-N-E-A-D. Okay, cool. Yeah, and she writes for The Hollywood Reporter. So Nice. My other two sources are from YouTube. Um, the first one is called Mirror Mirror, Crystallizing the Costumes by Swarovski Sparkle. And mm. the second one is Mirror Mirror, Dressing the Fairy Tale Feature 2012, Julia Roberts, Lily Collins, Army Hammer by Movie Mannix D.E. Talk about a mouthful. Yeah, sounds like it. So what was uh, your favorite costume slash costumes? There's multiple. Oh my god, oh my god. It's 100% the prince's rabbit costume from the ball. <laughs> nice. I want that so bad. <laughs> I just want to freaking walk around in that coat with some freaking rabbit ears on a top hat. <laughs> I can see you doing that. Yeah. yeah that's very cute. All right. What's yours? <laughs> it's uh, the, the pink and yellow one. The first one that we see snow in, I believe. Oh, really? Wow. I'm so shocked. <laughs> that's sarcasm. I can tell. <laughs> uh, I saw that dress and I was like, I might have some work to do. <laughs> I know. Right. Like the embroidery, especially, especially because the embroidery is kind of like a almost 3d effect so it's sort of popping out and it's got its own i love I it love is literally I... popping out in parts of it yes it is yes. so amazing i want to make beautiful. something for myself out of it too i yep. also I've got i would a... really like to know if she actually hand embroidered all of those or if she found the embroidery somewhere and she sewed it onto the dress i i mean just looking at it, I'm going to guess the skirt, at least, either the skirt was already embroidered, but I kind of, you know, I feel like because she said she embroidered herself, I imagine, the skirt looked like it was really embroidered into it. Um, 
the bodice, I'm not sure that like the butterfly seemed more like an applique. Um See, or applique, however. So I paid a lot of attention yeah. to the like actual detailing and the texture in the skirt. And it looks like parts of it were embroidered in, but parts of it were also just sewn on embroidery. Now, she could have made the embroidery and then placed it on the skirt and sewed it there. Yeah. But that that's more my question, is if she made the embroidery first. There's definitely parts that are sewn into the skirt. But right. if you yeah. pay attention when they go closer to the skirt, you can see there are little edges of the embroidery mm-hmm. coming out. I love those little edges. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I do. I know it's like it's one of those things it's like it's less work than actual like embroidery, but it also like looks really good. So that makes me happy. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Yep. That's that's what I guess we sign off now. Thanks for listening Thanks. everyone. Tune in next time for the greatest showman. Where Sky is going to nerd out about super awesome circus costumes. And Anne is going to talk about history, of course. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and until next time, goodbye. And that's a wrap. this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. To stay up to date on new episodes, don't forget to subscribe. For more content, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Tailcoats and Tiaras. You can tune in every other Tuesday for new episodes. See you next time!